the road to recovery. You might be cruising down it. A friend or family member lost on it. Or the road is, well, still under construction. Relevant Recovery Radio is about getting to that destination of normal health, mind, or strength. Now, Relevant Recovery Radio, here to give you the keys, Larry Weedy Kind. Welcome to Relevant Recovery Radio. Uh, this is Larry Wittekind, your Matthews Hope Foundation host, and uh, uh, it's a very, a very fun day because we've got Lisa Hickey back with us. Uh, she was with us uh, uh, last week and uh, coming into this uh, Memorial Day weekend. And I hear folks that we're actually going to have sun. We're going to have sun yes. starting Thursday, not today or tomorrow, but <laughs> but it should start getting sunny sunny around Thursday morning or even before. And so uh, we should have a beautiful Memorial Day weekend. And uh, I, 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 for one, am, am ready for it. I'm ready for a little bit of sunlight. Yeah, I am as well. <laughs> yeah, vitamin D from the sun. <laughs> That's the best kind of vitamin D, folks. <laughs> so try to get out this weekend with your family and, and just enjoy the weekend. Um, Lisa, as you might recall from last week, um, Lisa is a trained, licensed interventionist uh, for um, substance abuse, alcohol and substance abuse. And um, the, the life of an interventionist is very interesting because you never know what you're going to come up against. And, and we talked last week about the fact that alcohol and substance abuse is a family disease, mm-hmm. uh, even if the other family members don't use at all, mm-hmm. right? Even if they're perfectly sober, if one member of that family starts using and becomes severely addicted or just dependent on that substance, and they've got to have it every day regardless, it affects the family very negatively. And so we talked about joining Al-Anon, if you're another family member, so that you can understand what your loved one is going through. You can understand how to help them without enabling them to use more, but actually helping them. Uh, it's a, There's a fine line, right? So. We talked about that, and you know, we thought maybe it's a good thing to bring Lisa back and let her just talk about what it what it's like to be an interventionist and what an interventionist is really, okay. because that sometimes usually mm-hmm. somebody is intervening Absolutely. to convince that alcohol or drug dependent person to go into detox and try to become sober. It takes intervention, it and it typically takes intervention outside the family, right? The family is typically enabling the disease. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, you know, it's it's like like you're diabetic and you're just, you know, feeding sugar to your to your loved one all the time, and so that's what really happens with this disease. So. We recommended that you go into Al-Anon if you've got a, a person in your family so you can understand and be trained and be educated. But um, the, the key, though, to starting the whole process is to find a good interventionist. Mm-hmm. Now, Lisa Hickey uh, has a sober home. She does intervention. But she also works full-time for Matthews Hope Foundation as an IASIS technician. Yes. And she talked a lot about that last week. And, and she talked a lot about the miracles that she sees every day by actually doing IASIS technology on all these clients. So uh, just a little, little foundation and background on who Lisa is. So, Lisa, tell, tell me about intervention work and 
Okay. How um, does that happen? Thank you for um, having me. Normally, um, the intervention starts um, from a family member just in crisis and, and not really knowing where to to turn um, for help. Um, so what an interventionist does, um, you need to find someone who is certified, um, someone who either has um, a background in addiction themselves yeah. or a family member um, of a loved one who um, has gone through the process. Uh, when I hear um, interventions, um, sometimes my skin crawls. Oh, really? Uh, really? Yes. Okay. Um, because there's this idea out there that it's everybody come together, swoop in tell this person everything they're doing wrong and we're here to help and you know swoop them away that's really not what an intervention looks like um, there's a lot of work and a lot of pre-planning that goes into this from that original phone call um, mm -hmm. as an intervention I'm working with the interventionist I'm working with the family mm -hmm. I'm getting their side of the story um, I'm also gauging where they're at in the process you know are you committed to seeing this through seeing this through sometimes looks like um, hard choices tough love don't know what you want to call it but you know are you willing to set a boundary and go through it mm -hmm. um, so an intervention is an intervention actually can be a lengthy mm -hmm. process it's done with a lot of love and a lot of care um, we come together as a family um, and looking at the options we have available, you know, is that detox, moving into a 30-day residential treatment, continuing the um, continuum of care, which is PHP, partial hospitalization, or IOP, you know, what it looks like. We're also getting your loved ones mm -hmm. buy-in. Um, there are stages of change that we're all at in our lives. And so um, we want to make sure that everybody's on the same page. Yeah. And, and, and moving forward with what works for your family. Um, as an interventionist, when I get the call from the family, it's always, always crisis mode. Mm. You know, I don't understand what's going on. You know, they're ruining their lives, this, that, and the other. We can't get through to them. And um, so that's where we start the process of getting the family help first. Mm, right, and so, right. again, we mentioned Al-Anon. That might be individual therapy. And that's also looking at the boundaries you're going to set. Um, a a lot of times as parents, um, if our child's using, you mentioned it last week, where um, a loved one will come to you and say, I need 20 bucks to go get something to eat. Right, right. That sounds Seems harmless so, enough, yes, doesn't it? Yes, yes. And, and, you know, as parents, we don't want our children um, to go without. So we hand over the money. Um we're actually doing a disservice to our loved ones. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Oh, I found that out. And I, I had to find it out several times. Mm -hmm. I didn't just learn the first time. Right. Because <laughs> you just it, every time there's a different, uh, you know, your your loved one is dependent. You know, is very manipulative, mm -hmm. and they create new stories. Exactly. And so you hear a new story every time. Every and time. And you fall for it. <laughs> right. Exactly. So it's as horrible. an interventionist, that's exactly, we're buffering that. Mm -hmm. And then we're looking You're at. You're really helping that family member who really is concerned mm -hmm. or family members. Right. To understand the disease better. Yes. And to understand this is what's, the, you know, this is what's happening mm -hmm. when your loved one says this or does this. You know, you're, you're helping them. You're educating them. Yes, yes. It's so important. It, 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 yeah. it is. And it's yeah. a relationship that um, doesn't happen overnight. Right, right. Um, right. And again, we're getting together um, with your loved one. I don't like surprises. Yeah, yeah. so let's let's uh, let's hold on that on that word, surprises. We, none of us like surprises. Uh, folks, we'll be right back and we'll talk about that. 
Don't go away. Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio. This is Larry Wittekind, your host. Uh, this this show is uh, sponsored by Matthews Hope Foundation, uh, and we are at KPRC AM 950, Real Texas, Real Talk. Thank you for uh, staying with us. Uh, so Lisa was just talking about how important it is that the family uh, hire an interventionist, mm-hmm. bring an inter- a certified, experienced interventionist in to 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 help convince the the alcohol or substance dependent person in the family to actually seek treatment. Right. That's the key. That's and sometimes you said it's a long process mm-hmm. because you have to educate the family first, right? Help them to stop enabling the disease and help that person actually come to a transition point. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So so I know you have a hundred stories. Uh, tell us tell us one good story so that our listeners can maybe understand how this works better. Okay, I'll um, tell you a story about an intervention that we're currently, that's um, in progress. And why I say in progress is the parents did reach out to me, gave me the backstory on their adult child and and the consequences um, that they're facing today, legal, that kind of thing, due to um, their substance use. Our first conversation, um, you know, went very well, um, got an idea what they were wanting, where they were at, and what what they were willing to do for their son. And when I say what they're willing to do for their son, it's, I mean, the boundaries they were willing to set. Um, That kind of looked like their adult son needed to move out of their home. All right. So I'm thinking we're all on the same page and moving forward. And then we talk a couple days later. Um, we're in the process of finding, um, going through insurance, finding the perfect placement for them. A couple days later, I speak to the family, the mom and the dad, and they throw on me that um, they're contemplating suicide because it's gotten that bad. The, the parents the are parents, contemplating suicide. The parents are contemplating suicide. Lord have mercy. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. So at that point, when we mm. mentioned it's a family disease, mm. you can look at the heartache by that statement that they made to me mm. that suicide would be better than what they're going through now. Mm. They had really lost hope of, of what's going on. Um, so as an interventionist, before we even go further, we have to address that, you know, what is real, what is going on right. and, and get oh, the, yeah. yes, get the family they need. Oh, a, a suicidal cry for help mm-hmm. uh, trumps everything. It trumps everything. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yes. So we were able to take a step back, work on um, really at that moment, being in their shoes where they mm-hmm. were at and um, moving forward from there. And um, what that looked like for them was really just um, making the decision, this is what has to happen, and what that decision was was treatment, that their family loved one needed treatment. If he opted out of that um, through therapy, they were um, attending therapy, then that did mean he had to move. And so um, that's where we're at now. So that was part of the boundary. That was part of the boundary, yes. You either go into treatment or you are moving out. You're moving out. And, you know, that's often the case, isn't Mm -hmm. it? It's often, I mean, not in, I mean, but it's very often the case that the parents have to do something very different. Their behavior has to change 
for their loved one to change. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what's in the process of, of happening. Um, that sounds so cruel to tell someone th- that you know is sick and suffering mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. if you don't do this, you have to get out. Um, but we were able to bring the individual, their loved one back in and really start looking at their stage of change, what they want to do with their life and where they want to take it. And at that point, it became a a loving intervention where we were able to just all come together and sit down and figure out what worked best for everyone. Okay. Mm. Wasn't really the plan I wanted, but it's not about me. And so far, um, the family is out of crisis and they're working towards um, what everybody agreed that would work for their family. So, oh, yeah. Good. yeah. So, so this may have a very positive ending. It will have a positive it ending. Yes, a it positive will. Ending. Yes, it will. Well, you do feel confident. I feel very confident. Wow. Yes. So, may I ask, how long did that take from your very first phone call? It has been now two months, going on three months. Two months. Two yes. Months, right. Yes. And and how much time has that taken from you, as an example? It. Originally, um, you know, your any interventionist is probably spending um, sixteen hours from that original call. You yes, know, yeah. to to really assess the situation. Um, we're looking at insurance. Yeah. We're looking at geographical locations. We're mm-hmm. looking at next steps. Mm-hmm. You know, will they be able to go to a thirty day treatment facility? And then, um, and if they and if they can't afford that, what are the other options? So that's right? what we look at as well. Mm-hmm. You know, what can we do? Whether that we have some really good state funded programs, mm-hmm. you know. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? I, I imagine there are a lot of listeners out there who probably cannot afford a thirty day treatment program. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, there are several in Texas, and actually, you can go um, to the state's website and um, pull up state-funded treatments. Um, okay. Off the top of my head, mm. I'm thinking um, Cinecor um, in Freeport. Yeah. There's Brass's place. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like you can just show up and walk in the door and say, oh, "Hey, no. I'm ready." Right. Um, it's not that simple. But reach out to these places. Get on the list. Take the next steps to. It's called an OSAR. It's the screening and outsourcing, and um, start that process of um, getting the help you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so uh, when a parent finally calls an interventionist, I mean, how do they go about finding an interventionist? Uh, for me, mine has been word of mouth. Um, industry professionals, um, they may have called into um, a facility that does detox and long term, and maybe they didn't meet mm-hmm. the criteria as far as insurance and affordability. Sure. And so then they will refer um, to interventionist or mm-hmm. other resources. Um, and that's how it's been for me. It's and, just, and so every, everyone understands, you can always call Matthew's Hope Foundation. Uh, that number is 844-263-4673. And if you can't remember those numbers, and <laughs> I, I understand, believe me, uh, just call 844-AND-HOPE. So, and hope. And because after all, hope is what this is all about. Absolutely. It's, it's hope for change and bringing the families, the family together to help that loved one change mm-hmm. and become whole again. 
And that's what Matthew's Hope Foundation does. Um, we're very, very fortunate to have Lisa Hickey with us. Yeah. I mean, here we, ha- we have a real certified, experienced interventionist also doing iAssist technology mm-hmm. and helping clients, you know, actually learn how to focus again, mm-hmm. clearing their, their neural pathways and making sure that, that they can actually uh, sleep at night mm-hmm. and then heal. So iAssist does really help the brain heal. It does. It's, it's amazing. And uh, so, so this whole intervention idea, I think most parents just don't get that. They, they feel like they're alone. They're struggling alone. I felt that way. Absolutely. I didn't know there was an interventionist that could mm-hmm. help me. Mm-hmm. I was so naive. It was just me and my son. Mm-hmm. Right, right, and and uh, you know, trying to help him deal with his addiction, and and I did place him in a thirty day treatment right. program, and it turned into a hundred and five day days of treatment program in two different facilities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, uh, yeah, but um, I didn't know that he needed a sponsor mm-hmm. during that time. I didn't, you know, if I had if I had partnered with. And a certified interventionist, you know, I'm sure that I would have actually done a better job as a parent, you know, for Matthew. Uh, but I didn't know. You didn't know. And, and a lot of people don't know. No. And, and it's, very, very few people know. That's exactly. why we're doing this radio show. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly why we're doing it. We'll continue doing it. Uh, we're coming up on a commercial break. Yo, thank you for listening. We, are, we're, we have two more segments, very, very important segments for you to hear. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio. This is Larry Wittekind. I'm here with Jennifer O'Neill and Lisa Hickey. And uh, I think Jennifer wanted to say something to me just before the break. And so, I, I, so Jennifer, what, what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to um, and talk about uh, how Matthew's Hope got started. And uh, we recognized that it was this sixth year of Matthew's passing this Sunday. Mm. And so I wanted to May ask 23rd. you, Larry. Yes. yes. I wanted to ask you, Larry, as his father, how did Matthew's Hope get started? And just uh, just to offer you our condolences. For oh, that thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, May, Sunday, May 23rd was a tough day for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the good news is, is I feel Matthew's spirit with me almost daily. Um, I know for a fact that he is involved in this ministry, this charity, mm-hmm. trying to help others who suffered the way, who suffer the way he did. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's very comforting to me. Um, and, um, you know, the, why was Matthew's Hope formed? Well, because uh, this is actually a divine mission, a mission given to me by God following Matthew's passing, following his death on May 23rd, uh, 2015. It was six years last Sunday since his passing. And we have, uh, the idea is that, that um, you know, I'm going to get a little personal. God actually is grieving. And I mean really grieving. You know, God, the creator of the universe, actually cares for each one of us, mm-hmm. loves each one of us, knows every hair on our head. And it grieves him when one of his children 
becomes dependent on alcohol or a substance or something else that actually keeps them from accomplishing their God-given purpose in life. We all have a different purpose. Uh, some of us uh, have many things to do in our life. Other, other of us have one or two just extremely important things to do. We're all different. We're all created equal but different. And God loves each one of us. And uh, Matthew knew that, by the way. But opioids actually prevented him from creating his own endorphins. Mm-hmm. And the endorphins actually are... It's now been proven uh, somewhat actually scientifically that uh, the endorphins are what God has given us to actually communicate with him. Our endorphin production actually helps us unite with our creator. Uh, this is Most people don't know that. It's certainly not taught in school, but this is a fact. And so what happens with opioid use and other substance use, but especially opioid use, is you no longer produce your own endorphins. The opioids are the substitute endorphin. So the brain sees that heroin or fentanyl or Oxycontin, whatever it might be, Percocet, it sees those different forms of opioids as endorphin and stops producing endorphins. And then if you get into Suboxone or Methadone, those actually cover up your endorphin receptors. So even though, so then it becomes real bad. And that's why so many drug users commit suicide. Mm -hmm. They lose hope entirely. Why? Because they can no longer communicate with their creator. Mm -hmm. You know what Matthew said to me one day? I was actually talking him down from suicide. Took me many hours. I'm gonna try to talk about this. But he said to me, Dad, there's no use living anymore. God has abandoned me. Mm -hmm. He said that to me. Yes. And I said, Matthew, you know better than that. I mean, Matthew had been very close with his creator. He was a very spiritual kid until heroin, mm-hmm. right? Until heroin, street heroin. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, here we are post rehab, and, you know, he is thinking about just dying because he feels abandoned by God. Now, this is universal with opioid addicts. Mm -hmm. People who are dependent on opioids, whatever form, they lose their connection with their creator. So Matthew's Hope recognizes this. So part of our care model is to reunite uh, uh, our client, that opioid-dependent person, with their creator. And when we can do that through our care model, we use a combination of fitness, nutrition, spiritual connectivity methods, uh, and I-assist technology, and lots of counseling. We really believe in the 12-step program as well, uh, AA and NA. And so we we use all of these techniques, but what we have found is I-assist technology actually actually helps stimulate the production of natural endorphins again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what it does. It stimulates the production of natural endorphins. So it, it actually assists our client in reconnecting with God. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic, pain-free, mm-hmm. uh, can't feel it, but it's a, just a fantastic technology uh, that is perfectly safe, by the way, mm-hmm. for everyone. And so uh, that's why Lisa likes it so much. She mm-hmm. talked about that last week because she sees this miracle every day right. as yeah, she's treating right. our Matthew Soap clients. Every day. Every day. So it, it's it's really amazing. But but we did talk briefly, uh, but, I, but I hope that answers your question, oh, Jennifer. Oh, thank you. Yes, it does. Yeah, it does. Yeah, so, and what know. I love about our care model, and it does go along with 
AA, which is no human aid, could have relieved our symptoms, mm-hmm. but God could and would if he were sought. Yes. And so we, we really try to go along that. Uh, that line of thinking is that God could and would, if He were sought, to yes, reconnect if he were sought. each individual yes. with their Creator, yes. right, yes. and to um, have the endorphins um, production yeah. for them. Yeah, and so for all of you who are listening out there, you know, it's just very important to understand that there are, there is a care model mm-hmm. that works, yes. and it works for every yes. substance, including alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh, it actually works for sex addiction as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, porn addiction, all those different things. Mm-hmm. It actually works for these addictions. It actually clears the mind, clears the pathways, helps mm-hmm. you focus, and it helps you produce right. natural endorphins right. again. Mm-hmm. So addiction. very important. Right. But you have to detox first, mm-hmm. right? You have to get rid of the chemicals in your body, detox, and then you can begin recovery. Right. That's the issue, right? Mm-hmm. And, and again, we do strongly recommend that you partner with an interventionist like Lisa Hickey, and there are many other fantastic people out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, if you're, if you're just looking for a referral to an interventionist, call us, mm-hmm. 844-AND-HOPE, A-N-D-H-O-P-E, or 844-263-4673. Now, now I'd like to continue uh, the discussion with Lisa, though, on what other intervention methods are available other than 30-day residential treatment. In other words, your loved one goes to detox, starts the recovery process, and then goes into either 30-day residential treatment, if you can afford it, or an alternative, mm-hmm. if you cannot afford it. What are those alternatives, Lisa? So we're very fortunate um in Texas or Houston um, area to have that available cannot stress enough how important the detox process is. Mm-hmm. Do not try to sidestep that. Um, it's not safe to go it along alone. Um, it must, must, must start with detox. Yeah, um, and, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, some people think they can do outpatient detox mm-hmm. and get away with it. I've never seen that. I've I, never I, seen I don't think it's success. Possible. I don't either. It's not. I mean, your your loved one is. They have to be in an inpatient program mm-hmm. that actually does AA twelve step method and and all the things that we do at Matthews Hope. I mean, it's very important to keep your loved one busy every day mm-hmm. during the day in recovery right. with established, experienced clinicians who are in recovery themselves. I mean, everyone, every clinician in Matthew's Hope and in the detox program at St. Joseph Medical Center is in recovery themselves. They are all, they've all been in recovery Mm -hmm. for many years and they are not going to relapse, Mm -hmm. but they understand the disease. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, it's just important. You cannot avoid inpatient detox. You cannot. and You cannot. And so through inpatient detox, um, every client will have a case manager. And so at that point, we really start looking at, does 30 days work for you? Yes, no, it doesn't. Then what are our other options? That might include intensive outpatient. Intensive outpatient is where your loved one is home, working, whatever they need to do. But for several hours a week, um, several days a week, they're engaged in um, some sort of intensive outpatient treatment. Um, that could look like sober living. Um, I believe in sober living. Uh, it 
for me, it allows me to be with like-minded individuals who are experiencing the same struggles I am, because early in recovery, it is a struggle. Mm. Our mind is trying to defeat us on every turn. Um, So having that brotherhood, that sisterhood, um, accountability, I needed accountability um, because left to my own choices, you know, I was um, probably not making the best choices. So yeah, that, that's the thing is yeah, you really do need accountability. Accountability. Yeah, yes. it, addiction is is so tough. By I mean, even with somebody that you're like a sponsor that you're accountable to, it's still very tough on mm-hmm. a day to day, night night to night basis. Right. Yeah, you've just got to have that. Um, so so. A sober home. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is that? I mean, is is that a home that's been converted into a sober home? But what does that look like? So um, I prefer to call it a recovery residence. Um, recovery residence. Recovery oh, okay. residence. Hold that thought. Okay. <laughs> I've just been told we're on a commercial break. Okay, there you go. <laughs> All right, folks. We'll be right back. Thank you. Be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio. Uh, I'm here with Lisa Hickey, and she had just said two or three words, and you said, what, a sober residence? What, recovery re- residence. Recovery residence. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, well, now I'm more confused. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're talking about a sober home mm-hmm. uh, as an alternative uh, or in addition mm-hmm. to a 30-day recovery treatment program. Yes. Right. So what, is, what does a sober home cost uh, typically per month? It varies. Um, we have um, some in Houston as low as $100 a week. Okay. Um, on as up. low as $100 mm-hmm. a week? Yes. And, oh, wow. And it, um, then we have others that are several thousand yeah. um, mm-hmm. that have more of the treatment aspect Modalities. to mm-hmm. right, right. So we have right. very different ones. But what makes a recovery resident, sober living, whatever uh-huh. you want to call it, sure. um, so important? I like recovery residents. I do, too. Yeah. yeah I do, okay. too. Because I like that's, that better than sober home. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. we are, it's a residence, and, and that's how it has to feel. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, again, I'm going to use— So it's a family home. It's a family that's home. That's been converted into mm-hmm. a—, a a recovery residence. A recovery residence. Recovery residence. Yes. And and what kind of staff is in? Well, let's talk about your okay. your, your sober home, your recovery residence. Right. So um, I have a, a recovery residence, and I have a, uh, most recovery residents will have a house manager. That's mm-hmm. who is going to be our management. And that person sleeps there. Mm-hmm. Is there all the time? They're there all the time. They sleep there. Um, they're. Um, there to um, engage your loved one um, because we all have thoughts of do I really want to do that? Yes, they're in recovery as well. Uh-huh. How many yes. years recovery do you require? So uh, for a, for the manager. the manager. Usually three is okay. what I'm looking okay. at. Very good. Um, Very good. But that varies. I've had people come out with. 18 months sobriety that are more spiritually fit, using Ah, that word spiritually fit, than someone with three to 10 years. So that spiritually fit mm -hmm. component, very interesting. It is. Uh, I totally agree. But talk about why that's so important. You have to really go back to what it was like for us prior to our first step, which is detox, that looked for us very hopeless, very dark. Um, Many of us 
it didn't scare us to hear I'm going to die. You mm. know, inside we were physically dead. Oh, okay. Exactly. Yeah. Through, I mentioned yeah. miracles that we, we witnessed miracles through the detox process. All of a sudden a light hope mm. comes on. And so we don't want to stop that there. We want to continue that on. And the goal always, always is long-term recovery. Yes. yes okay. Yes. And long-term recovery mm-hmm. without relapse, without relapse, Yeah, without yes. falling off the wagon, as right. they used to say when I was growing up. Yeah. But Larry, if you do fall off, mm-hmm. you get back up. You just get back. You up. get back up. It's. Not, I would love yeah. to say, and a lot of times, as an interventionist, I see this with parents. They think, well, he went to thirty days treatment. He's fixed. Mm-hmm. Doesn't work like Doesn't that. Doesn't happen. <laughs> no. Does not happen, folks. He graduated. Does yes. not happen. <laughs> yes. And, and it, yeah. Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> Matthew was a straight A student. He was first chair in the concert band and the marching band with his trumpet. He was amazing, mm-hmm. handsome, good-looking boy, had everything going for him. And, you know, he gets on OxyContin for pain after shoulder surgery, and he's addicted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank right. you, doctors, so much for prescribing, you know, addictive opioids to right. my son. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. thanks, thanks. Really appreciate mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and, but this is happening all over the place. All over. All over the place. You have to so, You have to be so careful. Mm-hmm. Careful. I mean, listen, this can happen to anybody. I'm going to tell you a little story real quick about one of the uh, best physicians mm-hmm. in Integrinet Health, which is a, a healthcare man- a population management company uh, that I'm CEO of. And I will not name names, of course, but this physician is one of the best physicians, family physician, board certified family physician in the entire city of Houston. And uh, this physician had a car accident, mm-hmm. had lots and lots of neck and shoulder pain, and was prescribed an opioid for the pain. And after just five days of taking this opioid for pain, uh, she became addicted. Mm-hmm. And it was so bad that her husband had to actually get her out of the country and, and took her to just a resort. And she stayed, and this is a beautiful resort, and so that she could not obtain her drug. Mm-hmm. And so he actually detoxed her by taking her out of the country to a remote resort where she couldn't get her drugs, couldn't get anything. And she was in bed for three or four days, didn't get up for food, nothing, mm-hmm. and trying to recover. And, and this is a trained, brilliant mm-hmm. physician. But that's how powerful right. opioids right. are. And so, if you remember so Lisa Hickey's story yeah. last week, mm. from a that yes. happened to her. That she happened was to her. Sober yes. from sober alcohol. from alcohol. Yes. And she went in for dental surgery. Dental mm-hmm. surgery. And, and became addicted with a, a heroin addict. A heroin addict because yes. of dental surgery. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, this happens all the time. It this happens, is what happened to poor Matthew. Right, right. So, so you know, again, we can't tell you enough, be careful. Right. Yeah, yeah. Now, physicians seem to be better educated mm-hmm. now about the addictive qualities of these pills, right. these pain pills. But nevertheless, everyone is different. Right. I mean, right. you took one pill. One pill. And you were addicted. Right. I was, right. yes. Yeah. Right. I mean, what if that is your son or daughter, just one pill? And Absolutely. Right? We do talk about in recovery how when we go to our doctor and we tell our doctor, look, I have an addictive mm-hmm. personality. I I cannot, you cannot prescribe that to me. I need you to know right. I'm going into the surgery, but this is a problem for me. Right. So we definitely do try to. But unfortunately for some, 
um, it's our disease is outside doing push-ups and Absolutely. it's always there waiting to come in to us and Absolutely. so we might we might forget to mm-hmm. tell our doctor that look i'm 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 right. an addict i'm recovering right. <laughs> yeah right yeah so so it's insidious what do they say it's insidious insidious, insidious is a good word um, right, what is right. it what is this i'm just thinking right now <laughs> about the the true statement cunning baffling yeah, there powerful you go. There you go. and, and cunning, that's what our addiction is, it is. Yes, it, it makes no Cunning, sense. Baffling, baffling and, and powerful. powerful. Yeah. Right. Makes and it's no always sense. waiting makes no sense. to It's come always in. waiting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Does it matter we... how intelligent you are? Does it matter how strong you are? It doesn't. Those things don't seem to matter. You know, mm-hmm. people who are addicted to opioids are not losers. Right. They are right. people that needed something for pain, right. and then they became addicted and dependent, mm-hmm. t- totally dependent on that drug. Mm-hmm. And then, and so it's our job to get them right. into intervention, into detox, right. mm-hmm. into recovery, and making mm-hmm. sure that they're getting the best of treatment in recovery. Absolutely. They're, they're right. actually right. very intelligent. I and, mean, and, if you and, look and, in the big and, book, it talks about yeah. uh, how they actually went to war. A lot of them went to war. Remember, you mm-hmm. know, that story in the big book, yeah. which brings us to Memorial Day weekend. We just want to say thank you so much for, oh, our, oh, yes. for our veterans and mm-hmm. uh, people yes. who, Those who lost who didn't their life. For, yeah. Right, yeah. right. We All of you out there you. listening, if you served our country in the military, we thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And if you need any help with PTSD, please call us at Matthew's Hope. Absolutely. We really can help you. Any kind mm-hmm. of reentry yeah. issues, we call 844-263-4673. 844-AND-HOPE. Now, you can also go to our website, which has lots of videos and materials for you. Um, and you can also see the number there, matthewshope.org, mm-hmm. matthewshope.org. I also want to give you uh, Lisa Hickey's number for her mm-hmm. uh, recovery residence. I really like recovery residence because, you know what, sober home, I don't know, some people, a lot of people relapse while they're in a sober home, mm-hmm. and then they come back, right. and they gradually get better. Mm-hmm. So what number would they call to get a hold of you for for your recovery residence? Well, always, always um, go through Matthew's Hope. You can go through Matthew's Hope, and yep. that's 844. And we will certainly refer you to Lisa. And Hope. <laughs> um, but my personal number is um, 832-226-3265. Please send me a text. That's the best way to get a hold of me, and um, I'll respond. Um, if you need any help navigating the waters, because it can be confusing, Call me. I'll help you and and offer resources available. Whatever you need, um, you know, really whatever you need. Very good, Lisa. Thank you so much. So so informative. So yeah, thank you so much for being here again. Two weeks in a row. No, thank you. Thank you. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah, real honor. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you for helping out. We really appreciate you. You all have a great Memorial Day. Yes. Yeah. See you next week.